Blog Talk Radio. This is Jay Lethal, the undisputed champion of the wrestling world. This is John Sullivan. It's Babs, I Boosie. Michael Thompson talking. The phenomenal AJ Styles. This is Jerry Rose. Charles Johnson. Psycho Killer, Kamasa Champa. This is Matt Blair. Thank you for listening to Sportscast Radio. Sportscast Radio. Welcome to Sportscast Radio. more draft talk, some more excitement, and, well, I guess a little more of you, Luke. What's going on, man? I'm wonderful, Ryan. I'm well, thank you. top notch. I, I'm very glad to hear that. Uh, we got some fun tonight. Hometown Vikings coming off top of hour number two. Denver Broncos coming in to close the show. About 8.30, we will give to you what has become uh, decisively our weirdest mock drafts we may have ever done. But in some weird way, Luke, I think as weird as they are might be the more accurate of the, the mocks that we might have each put together. I I found myself going through it more and more going, man, this one feels more accurate, even though I don't like it as much. Is that I fair to say? Everything started to fall into place, and I'm going, ugh, I don't like any of this, and it's going to happen, I think. Uh, with, with that being said, though, I am excited to just jump. Straight into it, because we got a lot to talk about. Grabbing a first, a first caller, as we had to do it. Danny with us, sir. Yeah, can you guys hear me? Yes, we can, yes. ladies and gentlemen. Danny Freeman coming in. Go ahead real quick and uh, reintroduce yourself for all of our good listeners who got to uh, talk some Giants a couple times last, last year with us. Yeah, how are we doing, guys? Thanks for having me on again. My name is Danny Friedman. I'm a writer for G-Men HQ been covering the Giants for two and a half years now, and I'm um, excited to be here. Now, before I ask my uh, opening question here, Luke, um, how were you going to hug him? Like a man hugs another man. Okay, apparently he's hugging you, and I don't know how. I'm just, just letting you know that if some big hillbilly-looking white dude comes at you uh, with camouflage under armor, you're, you're going to get a hug, I guess. Let's just... Don't, don't, don't fret. <laughs> don't fret. <laughs> um, I, I got to jump right into it. You know, we're doing offseason. We're doing draft. We always get wild in the draft conversation. But uh, from one Danny to another, and I'm not talking about myself, but your quarterback, Danny Dimes, you go into 2022, is there any kind of thought that some point in these three, four days where they're kind of like, mm, maybe we might need to steer and grab a signal caller just in case? Yeah, I mean, well, the team, Jones is going into his fourth year, and uh, the team has until, I think, May 2nd to pick up his fifth-year option, something Joe Shane and John Mara, the team owner, has publicly said that they haven't decided yet. But uh, I think that's telling enough that they haven't decided yet. I don't expect him to pick it up because it's over $20 million for his fifth-year option. He hasn't proven himself. He's not worthy yet of that $20 million per year salary. So I think this is a make-or-break season for Jones. The team signed Tyrod Taylor's insurance as his backup. The team's made it clear Tyrod's going to be the backup. If he's not Jones. But uh, I do think Jones has – this is it for him, and he's got to prove himself in 2022. 
there was a lot of speculation so far this off season about possibly moving Saquon Barkley. Do you think that was just all smoke, or do you think they actually thought about moving on from him with his injury proneness? Well, I do think that it's an ongoing situation. I don't think the door shut at all on Saquon being traded, um, even as recently as this week at the at the owners' meetings that uh, John Mara said that they don't want to trade Saquon. They're not fielding. They're not offering. Saquon to other teams, but they'll always listen to offers on their players. Translation, I do think they are trying to shop Saquon to some degree and see if any teams are interested in picking him up. He has a $7.2 million cap hit this year, which is a little unattainable, like you said, for a running back, especially one who's injury-prone the last three years now. He hasn't played a full season since his rookie year, so it is something they need to be aware of. Um, Saquon is a very talented player, but he hasn't shown it on the field the last couple of years, and uh, it is something that I do think the Giants, if they can get the right offer, they would move it. You know, speaking of trades, I saw this come down early this morning. I think it was Aaron Wilson posted it uh, from Pro Football Network. Any yeah. any rumors to the talk of this James Bradbury Chiefs Giants trade that apparently Casey is still just for some reason not done making moves? Yeah, well, there's a lot of chatter that, I mean, the Chiefs are interested in Bradbury. Uh, two reporters from The Athletic, the Chiefs uh, beat writer for The Athletic and the Giants beat writer, Dan Dugan, have both reported that the Chiefs are interested. Um, it's a bit of an interesting situation, though, with, with Bradbury because the Giants have little cap space that Joe Shane publicly admitted. He wants to clear $40 million of cap space. Getting rid of James Bradbury would get rid of $12 million off the cap, which would be over over a quarter of that goal right there. So something to watch is that teams are knowing that the Giants have no cap space. So it's a bit of a hardball situation where the Giants are keeping Bradbury on the roster. They already ate a $2 million guarantee on his contract this year that, he, that he's going to be on the team. So minimum, they're wasting $2 million right now. It's a bit of a placeholder situation. The team doesn't have that many replacements on the roster behind the Dory Jackson. So they are going to try to trade him. There's limited options with the Chiefs. Uh, teams like the Colts were listed, maybe even the Bills as another team. But they are going to try to trade Bradbury, and if not, he's going to have to get cut. But I do not envision any scenario unless he takes a major pay cut, which won't happen, that he'll be on the roster for the Giants this year. Uh, the Giants hold the fifth and the seventh pick this year, so it's easy to say that they have the draft capital to get instant playmakers to help this team who struggled last year. Do you believe they make both those picks, or do you think they trade down? Right. I, I do believe I'm pretty confident in saying that I think they're going to try their absolute hardest to move one of those two picks, especially if they can get a first-rounder in 2023, which also, again, ties into the – uncertainty surrounding Daniel Jones. And if he's not the guy next year, they're going to want more draft capital to get a quarterback for next year. Um, but I think regardless, they're going to be in a sweet spot with teams like the Panthers, the Falcons, the Seahawks behind them, all looking for quarterbacks. There's a couple other teams that could sneak in there. So I do think there should be strong value with the fifth and seventh overall pick. There's a lot of power there to move a pick. With that being said, they're going to play the board out. If someone falls like Kayvon Thibodeau, or as a Neal comes to five, it's pretty hard to pass that up. So I'm very intrigued to see if they're going to move from five, maybe from seven, could be both, it could be neither. But I, am, I do believe that the fifth pick could be the most powerful if a team wants to move up to get a quarterback. So that is something to watch.
Yeah, that's a good point, too, because if somebody really wants a quarterback and they know Carolina could pull the trigger on a Kenny Pickett, you know, five is that sweet spot of where you got to get to yeah. have your selection. That's a really good take on it. You know, and it's one thing to it. I, I've done a couple mocks recently, and, and at, at five, I've had a tackle going to both, uh, or going at five uh, every time. I've had I've had Inky Kongwu, I've had Evan Neal, I've been the most, most common. Is that kind of your go-to if you have a spot at number five is to grab a tackle, or is there somebody above one of those kind of guys that you really would like to fall to five if you keep the pick? Well, I'll tell you that. It's, I think Neil's my top tackle. He's my number one tackle, and his extensive experience at right tackle where he'll play for the Giants. Andrew Thomas is entrenched on the left side. They're not going to move him. I think Icky played much less at right tackle at NC State. It is something to watch, but uh, regardless, I do think he's a bit more raw behind Evan Neal. His technique is more polished. I think his footwork's really, really impressive to watch on film. Another thing is that if a guy like Abe Hutchinson or Kayvon Thibodeau slips out of the top four, maybe the Giants do get lucky and they can take a stud pass rusher, something they haven't had for a long time, and that's really, like, as a history of the franchise, that's one of the core identities the Giants has always been the relentless, ferocious pass rushers with guys coming off the edge everywhere. They haven't had that in over a decade or really since they got rid of Jason Pierre-Paul a few years ago and Olivier Vernon, but uh, they need a dominant force off the edge. So I think Kayvon Thibodeau would be a hard pass up at five or seven. Uh, They have a new defensive coordinator with Don Martindale who really heavily prioritizes man coverage in secondary with his cornerback. So Sauce Johnson could be be a, a big target um i think that there's a lot of sorry sauce gardner not sauce johnson sauce gardner the quarterback <laughs> since luke did that for bad. like three weeks and yeah. that's like the most common thing i hear is sauce johnson i mean gardner yeah it sounds better, better. But, yeah so sauce sauce gardner could be a good choice from cincinnati um i do think the sleeper picks would be charles charles cross the right tackle from texas a&m maybe kyle hamilton from notre dame but I do think they're going to focus heavy on pass rushers and offensive line in the first round. And if not, that they'll try to trade back. You know, Luke, that was something we never talked about. If you really think about it, that, you, I know, I'm not sure the direction you're going, but if you really think about it with, with, especially you, you kind of started that, that Carolina quarterback thing, you know, a month ago. Yeah. Yeah. Giants basically have their pick of the litter for their next two picks. Cause if Carolina's taking the quarterback, you can take whichever guy you want cheaper and potentially right. still get the other guy right after. I never even a million years crossed my mind until like two seconds ago. Yeah, and the yeah, only be, yeah, the only uh, thing you, that you'd have to worry about is if Carolina trades back with someone like Philly who holds fifteen, and they'll just take whichever quarterbacks there. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, and I mean, I I don't want to speculate. I don't think they would, but maybe a shocker would be. The lines at two taking Malik Willis or Kenny Pickett, and who knows, maybe the Giants even fall in love with one of these guys. Five or seven, they shock everyone and take a quarterback. So who knows? <laughs> yeah. If they're not convinced on Jones, you find a guy they think can be a franchise quarterback. It could be the shock of the night. I'd cry. I don't expect it to happen, but just throwing it out there. <laughs> if if Kyle Hamilton's there at seven, though, you, you got to take him if you're the Giants, right? I mean, I think he's a great player. He's a terrific player from Notre Dame. I just always will have 
some positional concerns with taking a safety in the top 10, especially if they can kind of trade back, stay in that teens area, that sweet spot, get extra capital either in this year's draft or next year's draft. But Kyle Hamilton's a do-it-all player. He could really transform the back end of that defense. And more importantly, the Giants have a huge need now at safety with Jabril Peppers gone. They cut Logan Ryan last week. So this is something where they do have a position of need at safety. So Kyle Kyle Hamilton could be a terrific terrific sign for them at seven. You know, we've kind of talked about this with some other people too, and I, I want to get your thoughts on this. It seems like every team in the top ten or maybe top eight, wherever you want to put it, all have this interest to trade down, and nobody seems to want to play ball to trade up. Is yeah. that impact position just really not that big of a of a difference between player one, two, three, and four this year that it's such a level playing field where everyone's kind of just, you know, I'll stay here at 20 and I'll get the same thing I can get at 10? Yeah, I mean, I think that's one common theme you've heard during this pre-draft kind of storyline is that a lot of teams are going to kind of, like you just said, rating number 10 to 20 could be much similar, closer grade than it's been in recent years. I think you're going to also see a lot of mixed opinion at the top of this draft board compared to most years. There is some more uncertainty and question marks surrounding even the top five, the best players in this draft class. So I think there is a lot of kind of teams thinking that, hey, let's take as many swings at the bat as we can, especially this year. We can get a guy at 15 who's similar to a player at 10 and also get a pick in the second and third round for free. So I think that's something a lot of teams are considering and seeing other teams doing now. And I do expect a lot of teams are going to try to trade back rather than teams trying to trade up. Do you think you're going to see a lot of people reach if they're not willing to make deals? Are you going to see like Carolina reaching for quarterbacks or the Jets reaching for uh, edge rushers if the top two go right away? Yeah, I mean, I could see it. I could see someone like Trayvon Walker be a sleeper, top five, top six, seven pick. He's gotten a lot of buzz after the combine. Um, I could see another team. There's just always going to be teams desperate for players you don't expect. It, it kind of always happens every year, I feel like. Top five, top six picks, there's at least one or two guys that teams didn't expect them to go to or a trade happens. Mitch but I think draft day is going to have its typical drama. I think there's going to be a team that falls in love with either your pass rusher or an offensive tackle that drops or one of the quarterbacks. I think that's kind of like – when it comes to the sweet spot for the top 10, those are the guys you look for, pass rusher, offensive tackle, quarterback. Especially with quarterback, there's a lot of teams at the tail, tail end of the top 10 and the edge of the top top 15 that all kind of need or want quarterbacks to some degree or have a current uncertain position at quarterback with a bridge guy in place. So I think there's going to be a lot of uncertainty on draft night. It could start at number two. I mean, maybe the lines are done with Goff and they're going to go take the quarterback and start with him. So I think there's a lot of – there's going to be some movement on the top of the draft, and I'm excited to see how it shakes out. You know, I'm, I'm just kind of scouring a, like a, a fourth mock draft, if you will, site that I've used over the, the decades kind of as like an extra opinion. And their most, most recent updated one was today with Malik Willis at number two to Detroit. I've yeah, never seen that up. before. It's <laughs> just like that. It just it happens. And and yeah. and they got Kenny picking at eight to Atlanta with Trayvon Walker going to Carolina, not even taking a quarterback. Yeah, I mean, there's so much uncertainty here. 
a guy like Matt Rule, perfect example. I mean, he's coaching for his job this year. Dave Pepper's still a relatively new owner. It's not like new news. He's desperate to find a franchise quarterback for Carolina. Since Cam Newton really and, uh, doesn't seem like he'll be back there, but uh, it kind of seems seems like them. The Falcons need to find a new quarterback unless they want to roll with Mariota. Um, seems like maybe the Vikings look to move on. Uh, team like the Browns who still have to trade Baker Mayfield. The 49ers have Jimmy Garoppolo kind of under hostage. So there's a lot of weird quarterback situations going on around the league. That's going to kind of, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out the first and second day of the draft. So I'm looking forward to it. Do you think, do you think there's any moves still that this, this Giants team hasn't done in this off season kind of preparing for next year? And it's kind of just a, let's just wait for the draft and see where we are after. Yeah. I mean, I do think they're kind of in a wait and see mode right now. I think they're, they're, again, trying to call, make calls around the league, see if anyone's going to take them. Um, Bradbury's the number one, I think, the number one personnel move that they're dealing with currently. They need to get rid of him because there's almost no scenario he's going to be on the roster. And releasing him for no compensation would be really, like, frustrating to see for the fans and the team. Um, they don't want to get nothing back. So they need to figure out how they can trade James Bradbury. They might have to eat some of his contract to do so. So that's the number one goal, like we talked about earlier. Will they move Saquon Barkley? That remains to be seen. Uh, the big storyline is going to be the offensive line shakeup. They've signed already five offensive linemen in free agency, but there's a lot of journeymen and unproven guys there. So they're going to have to mix and match some young guys with some veterans. And uh, really only one starter in place with Andrew Thomas. Like I may- talked about earlier, the cornerback and sex safety room is going to look totally different with Bradbury gone. Pepper's gone and Logan Ryan gone. So those are three key guys. The the whole team, I mean, it's really a new identity with a new GM, new coach. So the whole, the whole main goal right now is getting a new, get a new culture established. There's very little cap room they have to work with. They're going to need at least 10 or 12 million for the draft. I'm not expecting any splash moves. So you're going to see some continued veteran minimum deals like they've been doing the last couple of weeks. And that'll probably be it. But a tough offseason for the Giants. They were left with no money, a little talent by Dave Gettleman. It was a tough situation. And uh, Joe Shane's dealing with cleaning up the mess as we speak. Sorry, I had to cough. I paused. (laughs) (laughs) Um, At five or seven, what do you think this team needs to do going into the draft to immediately help that team? What positions do they need to address at those two picks? I think their top two positions of concern have to be offensive line specifically. They got to get a new right tackle. That's a key position they need to need to fill. And they need the edge pass rusher, like I talked about. Other than that, I think replacing Bradbury is going to be really important with a cornerback. I don't know if first round is the best move. So I'm really focused on can they build the edge and can they build the offensive line with those two picks. It, it, it's it's just going to be interesting, you know, the, the 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 massive amount of picks that we seem to see teams continue to have. You know, Giants have two, Jets have the two, you know, Chiefs now have two, uh, you know, so on and so forth. Is this kind of just something that maybe is just an occur, you know, a random occurrence, or do you think this is still a ploy to stock up and try on drafting to move capital? to get more picks next year with the more top-heavy 2023 draft opportunities these teams can have? 
Yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of – I think that's a bigger part of it. I think there's a lot of teams waiting on next year. They're kind of going to have a lot – there's going to be a lot of quarterbacks this year kind of going into prove-it years or make-or-break-it years all around the league at quarterback. And, uh, I mean, obviously it's the most important position in football by far. But it is interesting to see which teams are going to kind of pull the trigger this year on either Garoppolo or – the uh, Garoppolo or another draft pick, or it could be even um, Baker Mayfield. So we'll kind of see how that shakes out, but I'm interested to see. You guys hold the fourth pick in the second round. What, what would you like to see the Giants do here to help that roster even further? Yeah, so that's like a sweet spot. The Giants have been picking a lot the last couple of years. The top five picks on day two, and you kind of always get those guys who quote-unquote should have been picked in round one available. So I do think it's kind of with all the all the holes we have on the roster, they really should focus on best player available, whether that's a safety, whether it's a quarterback or an edge or another pass, another pass rusher or a lineman. So I think they just need to stack at the game's most important positions right now. So on draft day, if if you're up to pick, who who's the guys at five and seven? Your guys. I'm a big I'm a big Evan Neal guy. I think he's going to be a really good sound fundamental tackle in this league for a long time. I think if you can double up with Evan Neal and somehow if you can get Kayvon Thibodeau, that would be a dream start to build with two new building blocks on each side of the ball. I don't know if Thibodeau is going to slip all the way to seven. That'll be something interesting to see or Evan Neal. But uh, those are my top two guys. Behind them, I'd put, I think, Sauce Gardner. There's a lot of good things said about him. He fills a big position in need. So I think those are my top three guys for this draft. You know, and it's one thing where just as even this short discussion we've had, there's been 15 names that we by pick seven <laughs> just that we've talked yeah. about. I mean, it's, yeah. you know, you, it's you've said it a hundred times. It's, it's a wild draft, man. Yeah, there's just so much uncertainty at the top. There's no – you're just connecting dots with teams getting a quarterback or teams getting an obvious franchise or generation pass rusher or lineman. So each, each guy kind of has different flavor, different traits, and each team has really different needs. Yeah, it's tough to shake out this year. It's, it's, it's almost like I'm looking at a, at, a, at a big board, and if this guy goes, then, you know, move to page seven, like a, like a choose-your-own-adventure. Yeah. Oh, if he goes, yeah. go back to page 42. And, you know, it's just, it's, <laughs> it's just so random. And you know what? It's all the best because those are usually the funnest draft because then you, you really don't know what's going to happen uh, on draft day, which I'm excited to. Um, I, I, I got to send you a message coming up here. We're going to try to put together a live on radio uh, draft with all, of our, with all the writers that have talked to you uh, this year and have people come in and pick. So I'll, I'll be in touch about seeing if you're free later, and maybe we can have you come out and pick at five and seven for the Giants and see how your draft board falls depending who picks before yeah, you. Yeah, that'd here. be awesome. I'd, I'd love to hop <laughs> we'll I'm just letting you know play. Kayvon Thibodeau won't be there because uh, the Jacksonville guy loves him. Oh, yeah, yeah, he, yeah, well, he might go at one. That's right. I it wouldn't be shocked. Be. He could go one. It could be Hutchinson. It could be a lineman. I mean, I don't think it'll be a lineman after the, the, the franchise tag of Cam Robinson. But, it, I mean, I think it should be Hutchinson, but Thibodeau could go number one. He has that star power. He kind of reminds yeah. me of Mika Parsons last year, getting 
a lot of pre-draft disrespect for no reason. So we'll see. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you, man. I just don't – I'm not going to get into it this week, Luke. I'm not going to be – Bro, are you, are you and, Are you sweaty again? No, I'm, I'm sitting still right now. But just <laughs> talking about Thibodeau and the disrespect, like, there's a reason this guy was the number one prospect for a year. And then some yeah. dope sees one guy and everyone goes, ooh, let's follow that trend. Like, yeah, ah. exactly. Drives me nuts. <laughs> hey, David, uh, plug everything you got once again for all of our great listeners to, to read about you and, and chat if need, whole nine yards, and uh, then we'll, we'll uh, get rocking and rolling here, like I said, trying to get you back here for that draft, but I'd love for everybody to be able to interact with you if they could. Yeah, it'd be awesome. I'd love to hop on. Heck, yeah. We will be talking soon. Thanks again for coming out, man. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. All right, Danny Freeman, G-Man HQ. Always a great time. Always, but he, he, every time he's on, he reminds me of like Merrill Hodge or uh, like Mel Kiper with his voice. And the, yeah, and the me word too. Play. I was thinking yeah. the same thing. <laughs> so the wordplay of us, he just just uh, the footwork and the mixed brag at the top, you know, it just comes in. I, I always imagine in the background. Uh, and, and yes, I have not had a voice since uh, Kingdom Business on Friday, Luke. Uh, show showed up for over three hours. And then Saturday we went to Up Down and party there for hours. Up so, Down, Up Down. I've, I've had no, I didn't know the, the, the Vikings got Wayne Gallman. Yeah, last year. I couldn't get a... Could have uh, could have fooled me with the amount of playing he must have had. He plays behind Delvin Cook. I thought he was still on the Giants for some reason. I thought I had the Giants death chart open. That's like that NBA uh, who he played for. NBA hoops. <laughs> well, do you do you want to get into what is wacky about your draft and mine and kind of see how off the rail we've gotten? Yeah, let's go. I'm ready. So I can comfortably say my number one is still the same, but I took Aiden Hutchinson. My number one has changed to someone oh. different. Let's go. I have read numerous reports, numerous from multiple people, that Doug Peterson is in love with Trayvon Walker, edge rusher wow. from Georgia. Let's go. Well, I. I just have this strange feeling that this man is going to just pass on everyone and just pick who he likes. You know, uh, in in a world of kind of being ironic, as I said, my one and two are probably never going to change. I actually dropped Drake London from number two to Detroit. And I have a man that I heard that Detroit is slowly falling in love with. And that's Ed Rusher out of Georgia, Trayvon Walker. <laughs> yeah, like he's climbing up. It's crazy. Yep, yep. Um, at number two, I have Aiden Hutchinson since Trayvon Walker went number one. Um, at number three, I decided to back my own height. I came on Thibodeau going to the Texans. Me too. The more I think about it, the more I'm just like, I don't think you can pass Kayvon Thibodeau. I just don't just- think you can. Well, think of this last year. We were talking about, is there any way the Vikings can take number one and get Thibodeau? Like, we had said that. 
Yeah, that'd be tight. <laughs> I, secret, I secretly hope he falls still. No, I mean, there's been mocks that I've seen Stranger Things. Um, and this is where this is where we'll get a little wilder here now, too. Number four, at the Jets, I do not have a secondary player like I had. I had Stingley the first time. I had Kyle Hamilton last time. Uh, this time, I have Jermaine Johnson, edge rusher out of Florida State, going to the Jets. Ooh. Uh, I do have Kyle Hamilton going here just because I don't think he makes it out of the top five. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Although I did see a mock today that he fell to 12 to the Vikings and I pooped my pants. Is that where you see – you're like, well, that's now my mock draft, whoever this guy yeah, is. Yeah, <laughs> I, I wanted to copy it exactly, and then I started looking, and I was like, this ain't right. <laughs> uh, number five, I do have Evan Neal offensive tackle out of Alabama going to the Giants. I am going to make – I forgot his name. <laughs> I'm going to make our, our guest upset. I have them taking Icky Aquanu. Icky. Icky. Um, <laughs> coming in at number six, I have Carolina. If you've got me on this trend, taking Kenny Pickett, quarterback out of Pittsburgh. Last two weeks, I had them taking a quarterback, and I switched them this week. I think... They're going to take Evan Neal if he's there. He's going to take – I think they're going to take one of those tackles, and they're just going to ride out Sam Darnold till next year. That, I mean, it's, it's not crazy. It's not no. crazy whatsoever. I mean, it might give you a top five pick next year, and then you have a top-tier <laughs> tackle. Um, at number seven, I have him going to New York like you did, just – in a different conference in Jersey, I have Kyle Hamilton to the Giants. I have, This is the only trade I have in the first round this mock draft. And I have the Giants trading back with the Houston Texans at 13 and Houston taking Derek Stingley. I've heard that Texans and Lovey Smith absolutely love what they've seen from him. Oh, we, I have some chatter going on. I'm sorry. I'm trying to see if it's see if anything has just come from what I'm just talking about here. Um, that's, I mean, you know, there's your pick. So what what is what's what does the pick entail? So they give them the so the Giants get the seventh pick, and then I have the Giants getting the thirteenth. So yeah, thirteen. 13, and then I think I threw in a third uh, a third rounder, so a day two pick. Wow, moving down six spots for third. Um, at number eight, uh, the man who I had going number two, uh, I have Drake London falling to Atlanta. That's something I kind of never even had thought about, and then when he was there, I was like, wow, this is kind of perfect. I'm not as high on Drake London as you, I don't think, but maybe my mind will change. Uh, I, I have James. I have the my same head. position, but I have Jamison Williams going to. Um, I have Seattle at nine. Kind of getting a little bit of a blessing in disguise. I have uh, Ike McQuanu falling to them, giving them a nice offensive tackle that they probably didn't think they were going to be able to get. So. 
I have Seattle taking the quarterback in Malik Willis to find oh, Willis next Russell Wilson. Wow. Willis at nine. Then again, as I mentioned, we saw Detroit at two in <laughs> that one mark. Yeah. Um, I have the Jets still grabbing a quarterback that I thought they were going to get the previous times anyway, just later. Uh, Derek Stingley Jr., quarterback LSU. I have the Jets grabbing a tackle to protect um, Zach Wilson and Trevor Penning. Nice. Trevor Penning going up there pretty high. Um, at 11, man, you had mentioned, I have the Washington Commanders uh, selecting Jamison Williams out of Alabama. I have Washington, com- the Washington Washingtons uh, <laughs> taking Garrett Wilson out of Ohio State. Oh, nice. So do we both either do it because we hope it happens or because things got lucky? Did we both have Sauce going 12 to the Vikings? Yeah, I did. Yeah, me too. (laughs) But to be fair, I feel a lot more confident that my reasoning is, like, I, I logically think it makes sense. Um. Is yours, do you logically believe it, or when you started getting to the nitty-gritty, you kind of found a way to get him there? Uh, mine, mine's kind of a little bit of both, I think. I think I think there will be one corner taken before pick 12. I do. Mm-hmm. But I think it's either going to be, it's either going to be Derek Stingley or uh, Sasa Gardner. I don't think, but I don't know which one. I've read... I've read numerous things that suggest either one, you know, there's teams that like one better than the other. So my, in this one, it was just that he was the one that didn't go before. Yes. I, I've heard the Jets like Stingley more. Yeah. And that was the only quarter. Cause I had those reds. I mean, I have edges in the top four, just, just suddenly yeah. dominating my top four now, which changes to everything. Um, and that just kind of leaves, we sauced us. I mean, I'm not, I'm not mad about it. I'd be super happy. <laughs> oh, shit. Let's go. Uh, number 13, I have the Texans thinking of Andy just mentioned with Washington, Washington. Uh, I'll take wide receiver Garrett Wilson. So I have the Giants picking here with the trade, and I have them getting Jermaine Johnson edge out of Florida State. Uh, hey, if you, could, if you could add a third-round pick and still get a guy like that, it's a hell of a pickup. I know. Um, I have Baltimore, kind of a little bit of, a little bit of happiness here, as they get that defensive tackle. We've everybody's kind of clamored coming in. We just don't know where the triggers are going to pull. That's Jordan Davis out of Georgia. I did the exact same thing. Yeah. And then I have the Eagles kind of getting a treasure here, where I don't necessarily know if it's a hundred percent dire need, but it's <laughs> all right. Uh, coming out at nine o'clock, Jared Barzness freed up. He's coming on with his with his buddy Joe, and as he said, we're gonna tag team this shit. We're gonna be doing dual dual Vikings guests. Tight. <laughs> so we're gonna have we're gonna have a fatal four way of Vikings talk. Couldn't have it any other way, Devin. <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna get angry in here. <laughs> We've only had one dual uh, dual guest, and that was one time the Cleveland Browns wanted to send two people to us. <laughs> so we got Joe and Jared get ready to get ready to throw up by name when they're asking questions here. Um, coming at fifteen, though, like I said, uh, oh, I didn't say my pick. I just I had to stop it, didn't I? Yeah. 
Yeah, I have them getting Charles Cross uh, from Mississippi State falling at 15. I have them taking uh, Drake London at 15. That's still a good pick, man. Uh, then at 16, I have them grabbing the best edge rusher, I believe, available at that point, George Carlaistis out of Purdue. I have them at 16 taking Andrew Booth, corner out of Clemson. Ooh, nice. And then the Chargers continuing to just dummy their way into building a successful machine for Herbie himself, Josh Herbert. Trevor Penning, North, North, Northern Iowa offensive tackle, fall at 17 in my book. I have uh, Charles Cross falling to 17, so still gets the tackle. If, if they had Cross falling, I'd, I'd be like, of course they did. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like last year. I'm like, God, it's going to get whatever they want. Uh, then at 18, I know I had mocked the quarterback here a lot of the time, but I think with the situation that they're in, they might just be playing the waiting game. And I think with his his rise up the draft boards as of late, they need that left tackle for the future or somebody that can move to right or play guard, some sort of line help. Uh, I got Tyler Smith out of Tulsa, one of the same. I, I jumped on your quarterback train, and I have Kenny Pickett going. Yeah. Well, I, I, had had, I had had quarterback going there, you know, I think the whole time. But Tyler Smith is kind of doing that Trayvon Walker up these, these draft boards and, and discussions yeah. that leading. And, you know, if you're not positive on a quarterback and you can figure something out to be a placeholder for a year, here's your left tackle. You know, here's your lineman. You just grab him and you don't second guess it. Absolutely. I don't think any team, you know, if the Vikings had the number one pick and with all the things that we want, if the Vikings took Evan Neal at number one, as unsexy it is, would you really be that mad? Yes, I would. You would? This year, yeah, because our line is fi- fine right now. We just well, need a center. Yeah, I guess oh, well, that's fair. Well, we got Bradbury. But you know, but you, you, know you see where I'm going? Like, yeah. Like I, I get, like I like I would be personally mad because I follow football and I would be like, bro, you could have picked Kyle Hamilton, you could have, yeah. you could have picked Aiden Hutchinson, you could have picked, you could have picked Thibodeau. I would have been fine with Malik Willis there, just sitting behind <laughs> Kirk for two years. But it's one of those things where if you don't know, week eight, Cousins now has doubled his time in the pocket. It's all yeah. because of Evan Neal. Then yeah. you, go, you look back and you go, all right, I was pissed in April, but I'm glad in November. I I, you know? I don't know. Like, me and you have talked a lot about this, and I think – and I I am a firm believer that your first-round pick should always be someone that is going to – that you believe will have an instant impact on your team within one year. So, you know, like Trey Lance sat a year. There's no question that – going to start this year. I know San Fran's is like, oh, we love Jimmy G. You don't love Jimmy G. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, yeah. you, di- you didn't trade a bunch of picks and mo- dra- draft him third overall to love Jimmy G for two years. That- that's not yeah. what happened. But, like, so in, like, that instance, like, I mean, I guess if you kicked, you you couldn't, I don't think you could cook, uh, kick Brian O'Neill in. I think he's too big. He's too sure-footed at tackle. I think you'd have to kick Darisaw in, and I just don't think he would adapt. So then you're wasting last year's first-round draft. Yeah. So that's the only reason I think he, it wouldn't work. 
is is just you'd have three tackles that are good. Well, could you move Ezra over? I mean, you could, but I mean, I don't know, because your tackles are Darisa and uh, O'Neal. So if you draft another tackle, one of the three's got to move to a different position. Yeah, and and now I guess too by getting Jesse Davis, you basically are committed to Bradbury at center, which basically tells me we're not going to try for Treader. No, because my thought was moving Bradbury to guard. But if you're if you sign your guard, you're leaving Brad, Bradbury alone. Yeah, I yeah. okay. So maybe maybe that was a bad example I had with Evan Neal. But I, I guess I just mean in the grand scheme of things, if you have a chance to take somebody who could be one of your starting offensive linemen for ten years, yeah. As much as it's not sexy on draft day, when you get farther oh, down sure. into it, you go, okay, that was a great. It was, I'm glad we did that move type thing. Yeah, if if we needed like a tackle, absolutely. Like like when they drafted in that year, they drafted Matt Khalil number four or number three, whatever the hell it was at the time. I was like, I hate offensive linemen first round picks, but I get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, yeah, I am the biggest non-believer in drafting an offensive lineman in the first round in the entire world just because it's a not sexy pick and I love sexy yep. first round picks. Exactly. Yeah. But like, I get it. I get if you're offensive, you need to protect your quarterback. You need to be able to give them time to pass. So if it's a need, I get it. But I'd rather see that you know six seven defensive end that had. 20 sacks or whatever the case may be. Yeah. No, and, and you're right. You're right. It's 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 so hard. Um that it just that makes me think going back to um last year in in the draft, you know, when we um where did we move to to get we went to 23. You know, obviously we didn't need them, but like hey, we could have took Najee Harris or Rashad Bateman. Yeah. But the other was like, damn, I'm glad we took Caleb Fairley. Or uh, Christian Derrissaw. I mean, you know what I mean? No, it, like, we I, I took the nine and took Justin Fields. Like I said, we were. <laughs> or, or, you know, we could have took Elijah Moore and Javante Williams. But, yeah. boy, oh, boy, uh, Derrissaw seems to be the right play. God, can you believe we almost got Rashad Slater? And then the damn I know, I was, talked about I was. I was so happy, and then you had to text me and be like, we're going to get him. And then I, in my head, I was like, no, we're not, bro. Okay, <laughs> uh, but now that, now that we've got our tangents, uh, getting the 19 Eagles, their third pick. I have fallen to them, and I think it's a great, great fall. Uh, Trent McDuffie had a Washington quarterback going to the Eagles. So I have him taking George, whatever his last name. Carl That's it. Uh just at this pick instead of at 16 like you had him. Okay. Uh, 20, I, I stayed with this. I got Malik Willis. So the more I think about the Steelers, the more I think they're just preparing for next year. I think they're going to take Zion Johnson, the inside offensive lineman, and they're going to skip quarterback and stick with Mitch Trubisky this year. <laughs> and just, you know, if, if he – if he does what they think he's going to do, you're going to get a young quarterback next year high in the first round. And if not, maybe you found your future quarterback who's only 23 or 24 years old, however old he is. Uh, New England at 21, I have taken Devin Lloyd, linebacker out of Utah. 
Uh, I have them taking Trent McDuffie. Ooh, Duffy fought a little bit more. Uh, Green Bay 22, I would take Chris Olave, wide receiver out of the Buckeyes. I have the same pick, same pick. At 23, I have Andrew Wood Jr. falling from Clemson to the Cardinals. And this is not a want pick. This was a, oh, damn, a replacement cornerback foul. That's lucky for them type thing. I have him taking Kyer Elam from Florida. Yeah, they need a corner. I mean, that, that's, I'm with you on that one. Uh, I, I now here at 24 have Zion Johnson going to the Cowboys. I feel like with all this talk about having to blow up the soul line and do something with it that they might – they might have somebody to kind of come in and, and get the, the trend going quicker. I have a first, first-time first visitor to Luke's mock draft, everyone, in Daxton Hill Safety from Michigan. He, just, he just keeps climbing up people's boards I've seen. Hell, yeah. Well, I like that. Um, once again, who was your, your first-timer? Daxton Hill. Nice. Nice, yeah. It's, there's some guys that have made a lot of movement coming up here. Uh, Buffalo at 25, I have taking Penn State wide receiver Jahan Dotson, get another weapon. Uh, for some reason, after that Diggs talk earlier, I, I was like, I'm just going to take a wide receiver here in case and try to look like a genius. <laughs> I put a wide receiver, too, in Traylon Burks. <laughs> um, I then had uh, said Traylon Burks going next to the Tennessee Titans at 26. I have them taking Devin Lloyd out of Utah. Okay, okay. Uh, at 27, I had Kenyon Green, uh, outside line, uh, lineman, or inside offensive lineman out of Texas A&M to kind of add a little more depth to that line. So I have Tom Brady getting lucky, like he always does, and getting the best center in the draft at 27 in Tyler Linderbaum from Iowa. Because <laughs> so, he's retired. I was I was gonna go Linderbaum at twenty twenty seven, and then at twenty eight, I'm looking at it and I'm like, man, they need a good edge rusher in Green Bay. And I you really take the Minnesota kid. I was like, there's no way I can comfortably without vomiting put Boye Mafe in a Packer jersey. Oh, that's, I said, that's right. where I have him going, Boye <laughs> Mafe. And then I said, "Well, they could use they could use some O line." I said, "There's no way I'm going to allow Daniel Falele going to Green Bay as well," which happened to go well. It's a good thing Tyler Linderbaum's waiting there. So I am having 28 going to Iowa. That's funny. So you had Boy Mafia at, at 28. I did. Take That's an first, rusher. first time on on your mock. Yep. Uh, 29, I have Kair Elam from Florida, uh, quarterback going to the Chiefs. I have them taking Jahan Dotson, wide receiver, Penn State. Got to um, replace Tyreek. Yeah, yeah. And that was my initial thought until I didn't really have anyone left. Um, I had already had one, two, three, what do I have, three, four. I have a ton five. of wide receivers. Today. I have Six wide receivers already have gone, so I was like, I don't think there's going to be more than that, so I stopped. Yeah. Um, I have this I same went, six. It's just I had Jahan Dotson going later than you did. Um, and then, So I went to safety, gave another secondary weapon with Lewis Sine out of Georgia. So I have the Kansas City Chiefs doing what I believe some team will do, and I have them taking David Ajabo and just yeah. stashing him until he's healthy. <laughs> 
No, I I saw a mock yesterday that had Oyabo falling to the Vikings at 46. Yeah, I I just I don't know. I I think you're gonna I don't know. And he He's could fall. Good. And yeah, he like like I think we talked about this last week before we signed off. If he falls to 46, like the Vikings need to be just throwing their their ticket in like. Yeah. You're taking it. Yeah, like there's no turning back when you get to that spot. Yeah, like, I just, it, it, I just, I understand he got hurt, but so did Joe Burrow when he went to a Super Bowl. And I understand, oh, it's two different yeah. players. Yeah, I get that, but these kids are still kids in a way. They're gonna heal yeah. quicker and they're stronger. Oh, for sure. And like they said, I think they said he's only going to miss like the first six months of like season or six months or something from off season to now. So he should come back like week 10 or something. Yeah. Yeah. So I just end with them playing 17 games now. I'd be fine. At 31, I have some riches falling to the AFC champion Bengals at Devontae Wyatt uh, from Georgia. I have them taking Kenyon Green, offensive, uh, offensive guard from Texas A&M. And then 32, I do not have uh, the quarterback out of North Carolina going to Detroit like I have. I uh, decided to take a man we just heard of a couple moments ago, Daxton Hill, safety out of Michigan. I This pick has not changed. I have him taking Desmond Ritter from <laughs> Yes. The only reason you're saying ick is you want the Vikings to draft. <laughs> so? It's What's the only – I almost put George Pickens in here uh, from Georgia. I've heard a lot of things that the Lions like what they've seen from him and that the, he possibly could be the 32nd pick. <laughs> but I was yeah. like, they, they don't, Jared Goff sucks. They need to fix that. <laughs> so um, going off of uh, a couple of my main mocks that I go off of over on Walter Football, um, I'm, I'm seeing Jordan Davis and I'm seeing George Karlaftis go to the Vikings at 12. What do you think? I don't want George Karlaftis. <laughs> what if he played uh, it, like I don't know. Like Look, I'm gonna get back into want this. The, want the Timberwolves to draft Giannis Antetokounmpo because they didn't want some Greek kid who doesn't play sports. They it, wanted it, Trey it, Burke. It has nothing to do with the fact that he's Greek. It has everything to do with they just signed Zadarius Smith and Daniel Hunter is still on contract and Wynum is still there. Like I said. Why draft that position when you already have people to play it? Yeah, I agree. Who are I better. I shouldn't say people to play it because you always have someone to play the position. Like, people who want Malik Willis, you already have a quarterback, you know. But, like, can I, do I think Daniel Hunter is going to be better than him? Yes. Do I think Zedaria Smith is going to be better than him? Yes. I just – I'd rather <laughs> see Jordan Davis because uh, we need a new D-tackle. Uh, I mean, Tomlinson's good, but he's not a good pass. He's not quick. He's more of like a run stuffer. Um, but I- I'd rather see that at 12 than Karlaftis. Did I say that right? <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, George Karlaftis. But my top three uh, are Kyle Hamilton, Sauce Gardner, and I think Derek Stingley are my is who the top three I want to see at 12. Um, 
what do you want for that second round pick? I mean, I see a lot of things that that show. Um, you know, I'm looking to find. I'm looking at one other one right here. Uh, let me just let me just scroll through. They got all these ads. Um, I'm seeing Kair Elam at 46. I'd be okay with that. I, I see David Oyabo, which was uh, Charlie Campbell's pick last week. And then I've also seen Desmond Ritter. I'd be okay with Desmond Ritter in the second round, too. I'd rather have a, a, a Yabo, though, than them. Um, and, I'm, and I'm just checking to see what they have. Third round, they have um, what has Travis Jones, a defensive tackle, out of UConn. Okay. Can, you hear this, can you hear this dog going nuts? Yeah, you better tell Demetrius to tell that dog to shut up. <laughs> Things going crazy. Hey, Kaka. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how so to. So on the I, draft I, network at forty six, they have us taking Cameron Thomas, edge out of San Diego State. In the second round. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Amari Barno, defensive end out of Virginia Tech, in the in the third. And then in the first, Ooh. they have us taking Derek Stingley. I don't. I don't mind. I don't mind Stingley. I wouldn't mind a guy like Ed Ingram out of LSU in the third round, just because it gets us a nice run blocking guard that we could plug in if we have some issues. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. I I personally believe their like top three picks should all be defensive side of the ball. Just from, I mean that team that defense lost us numerous yeah like i think me and you counted and i think there was like six or seven games where we scored over 30 points but the other team <laughs> did as well one and think of how many times cousins does a, a fourth quarter comeback and then with the yeah. minute left they just blow the game anyway yeah they need to they need to address the secondary in multiple ways, I think. I think they need to. I think they need to use that first pick on a corner, that second pick on a corner, that third pick on a corner. <laughs> <laughs> I still look. I still think. I still think Ritter wouldn't be bad. You know, and, no. and there's another def- defensive end, second round that's getting a lot of steam. Um, I'm gonna butcher this. Arnold Ebi Ketki, Ebi Ketki, What did you just call me? Ebi Ketki, Ketty, He's from Penn State. A lot of people are comparing him to Yannick Ngakwe. Okay. He's a nice edge rusher. He's got some speed. He's good at pushing the pass rush too. I know he's beat up on the golfers. In this mock draft, they don't have they have George Karloftis going in the second round. I've seen that too. Who do you who do you think's the first running back going? I think it's gotta be Kenneth Walker. You think so? I was I was thinking yeah. Brees Hall out of Iowa State. And I'm not gonna lie, I had him I had a running back penciled in to the first round before I submitted this to and it was Kenneth Walker and it was to the Chiefs at pick thirty. Okay. Wow, even though they just spent 
two years ago on uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Yeah. And that that's the reason I took it off is I was like, would they really give up? The other thing I thought about is is you know is Philadelphia happy with the Miles Sanders situation? You know he's a good pass catching. He's he's he has hit and miss, but I, I could see them possibly, or even maybe even Tampa with Leonard Fournette. Maybe like he's not a for sure thing all the time. He got paid, though, man. Yeah. I saw Buffalo. I saw a <laughs> that had Buffalo taking him at 25. Wow. I, yeah. You know, I don't – I guess I couldn't – I couldn't say it's that far-fetched. Yeah. Um, I remember last year, I really thought ATN was going to go to Buffalo. Yeah, well, I think we both did. But Travis Morrig was supposed to go to the the Jets. <laughs> I'm looking at another mock draft, and once again, I don't see, I don't see a running back either. Wow, it's weird. I just, I, I don't see, know. I think there's not a, like a clear cut. I don't think there's like a clear cut like back you can't live without like Najee was. Yeah. Like, um, you know, like. Kenneth Walker's good. There's that, uh, what's his name? Uh, running backs. 2022 draft. I forgot his name. Off the well, they're, they're becoming not as yeah. valuable. Brees I mean, Hall, that's his name. Yeah, that's who I think is going to be the first one out of Iowa yeah. State. Yeah. I think he's the first one to go. You know, you look at last year, Javante Williams was, you know, 35th, 36th pick, you know, Denver. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think you're going to see quite a few go in that second round. To be honest, I, I, you might see one in the first, but I don't, I don't know. It's going to be iffy. And these these boards are all over. Like I said, this this one has Jordan Davis agreeing with us to the Ravens. Has Stingley going to the Vikings? Andrew Puth going to Arizona. It's got Linderbaum going to Dallas. Carlatus to the Titans. Kyle Hamilton at four. Malik Willis at two. Matt Corral at twenty. Matt Car- Matt Corral should not be anywhere near a first round pick. <laughs> Kenny Pickett at eight. Drake London at eleven. They have uh, the Jets getting Sauce and Hamilton. Oh God, the Jets would. I'd become a Jets fan. <laughs> you Sauce Gardner, Kyle Hamilton. God. God, with this draft is. This website, though, is, is, is usually has some good stuff, but it's got some shit. Like, Kayvon Thibodeau's position is an EED. E, I don't know what that means. I forgot the G. I Only found your N. boy Arnold. Your Arnold Ebikiki. I don't Yeah. He's got some good stats, though. They have Kyle Hamilton out of North Carolina. So, according to the Draft Network, they have the first running back going at the end of the second round, and it is um, Kenneth Walker to the Falcons, and then they have one going to the Buccaneers, the next pick, which is Isaiah Spiller from A&M. Ooh. Yeah, I think there's going to be a run on him as yeah. he goes here. Vikings should draft him. <laughs> well, I'm excited to... Excited to to see how that's gonna turn out. We we uh, gonna jump in. All right, like I said, we're gonna see how this rocks and rolls here. 
jump right on. I'm going to make a quick assumption here as we're going. Joe, are you with us? I'm here. Can you hear me all right? Yes, sir, we can. Now, now, Jared Jared bars this over at our Viking Age message me. He goes, hey, you got my guy Joe on. I freed up. What do you want to do? And I said, well, I'll let you guys decide. And all I get is a message going, we're going to take team this shit. <laughs> I said, oh, okay, let's do it. A, a fatal four-way style, if you will, Vikings conversation apparently it might be on the horizon here. Let's go. <laughs> so, Joe, uh, I, you know, let, let me uh, let me just ask you real quick. You know, Jared, uh, who, who comes on all the time talking Vikings, uh, he sent us your way, said you're a great discussion. Uh, go ahead and introduce yourself for all of our listeners here. Uh, as we haven't had you on before. Hey, guys. Uh, my name's Joe. Um, I'm from Boston, Mass. Um, huge football fan, huge basketball and baseball fan as well. And I'm Kirk Cousins' biggest fan. That's my claim to fame. I've followed Kirk Cousins for over a decade now since he was at Michigan State. Kirk follows me on Twitter, which is also pretty cool. And uh, I, I tweet out graphics and analytics about all, all sports, mainly Kirk Cousins and the Vikings. I do salary cap stuff. I'm a nerd, but I also like to give hot takes. So it's like a, a happy medium, I like to say. Let's go. Let's go. And with that being said, we got the man here. Always coming to talk to us, Jared. What's going on, man? Oh, well. <laughs> so, when, when, I got I to say this right off the bat. You know, as we've talked, that I get into heated rants with opening windows and pacing when it comes to the disrespect that this world gives gives Kirk Cousins. We, 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 get into hot, we, get, we get into hot discussions with this. You never told me that the man you referred to me is a avid diehard fan. I feel like he's my new best friend. I didn't know. This well, was I fan. thought it'd be nice—a nice surprise to just give you. You know. <laughs> I, yeah, I, you I, can you can check out my profile. I I tweet out tons and tons of graphics, and you know I I. He, he talks about Kirk for, more than I do. Kirk's my boy. Oh, I, I followed Kirk oh. since uh, Michigan State. I got like three jerseys. I got his Washington jerseys, Vikings jerseys. So that's how I became a Vikings fan. It's because of Kirk. So take that, Amari Cooper, with your uh, the way that you think Dak Prescott's just a black Kirk Cousins. Suck it. <laughs> Kirk Cousins is tight. What are you, what are you, you know, yelling at Dak? Getting, getting wild over there. Um, so. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna rapid fire here through it, and, and I guess easiest way we could do this is is we can shoot questions at the two of you. Or my thought is, if if we want, um, me and Luke are gonna go back and forth with questions, and you know, Joe, if you want to come in and give your thoughts on it, and then Jared back them up with your thoughts, we'll just kind of get both of your opinions and we'll rapid fire back and forth. We only, we got till, till nine thirty, And I, I know that Travis is going to be going son of a bitch. Every time I come on last, there's always a Vikings guy in front of me and it goes for an <laughs> hour and a half. <laughs> it's just how it goes. Yeah. So uh, I want to rapid fire with it. We'll go, we'll, like I said, we'll go in. Joe will have you answer first. Jared will have you come back in. And then uh, me and Luke will just go back and forth with it. So, Starting with this, Joe, we, we bring in a new guard 
it's year two with this retooled offensive line. I had said that if we signed J.C. Treader and fulfilled this offensive line the way it should be, that Cousins could win an MVP. I know it's not bringing in J.C. Treader, but Jesse Davis is serviceable, so we don't have to move Bradbury over. Is this O-line finally the answer to keeping our quarterback upright and doing something? No. Yes and no. I've, I've been I've been going through. Like I said, I'm a nerd. I'm a nerd by day, and then you know I, I'm cranking out spreadsheets, and then at night you know I have my cocktail. So I'm in cocktail mode right now. But let me go bring up some data that I got. So I looked through Jesse Davis's stats as a guard specifically, and compared him to Ole Udo and then Austin Schlotman, the other guy that the Vikings brought in from Denver on a non-guaranteed deal. And Jesse Davis is a slightly above average guard. Uh, if you go by his stats, he has about a 60 um, pass block grade and a 60 grade overall for PFF in his games at right guard. And most importantly is the penalties. I believe he only had three penalties in like 550 snaps, whereas Ole Udo was at 16. So he's definitely an upgrade and Ole Udo was a sieve in pass protection. So this is a step forward. My guy was actually Michael Schofield from the Chargers. He's also on Baltimore. If you were, wanted to go cheap at right guard, he has experience, like Jesse Davis playing uh, tackle and guard, and he's better in pass protection. But, you know, I'm going to defer to Quasey and the front office, but this is not good enough. Um, the Vikings have been bottom five in pass protection. I believe every year Kirk has been there. And Kirk Cousins is an elite quarterback when he's not pressured, and even against the blitz. He's very much like my hero, Tom Brady, uh, being from New England. If you can get – the only way you can get to Kirk Cousins is if you can get to him with four pass rushers. And I think you can only have one, you know, liability on the offensive line in pass protection. And is Davis good enough to keep Bradbury there with his terrible pass blocking? And I don't think so. So that's where I stand. What you got, Jared? Okay, I'm up. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> I'm totally with them. Carnival here. <laughs> All right, no, uh, but no, I'm totally with them. Um, no, I'm not really. Davis doesn't make me exciting or, or excited. Uh, and I know you said Michael Schofield, that's the guy that we wanted um, a few years ago. Um, it's someone that a lot of people were talking about that they wanted to be on the Vikings. Uh, definitely not something that I'm opposed to, uh, especially considering how how low our bar is right now. You got Oli Udo, who, I mean, I don't know. I really don't think the bar goes much lower than him. Um, and then the new guy, that, the Davis that we signed. Also, like like Joe said, he's a better – guard but I'm pretty sure he played more um if I'm not mistaken he played more tackle he's like naturally a tackle uh and he's horrible at tackle um so it's just kind of we he's not the answer to me and again going off what Joe said about how you need you can only really have one liability and that liability absolutely is going to end up being Garrett Bradbury just because they used a first round pick on him and so they don't they're I don't think they're going to give up they're not going to give up on uh, Bradbury before they give up on Ole Udo. So I 
feel like they're going to be going for a guard, and Davis is not the answer. And so I do like the idea of uh, Michael Schofield coming in. With the addition of Zadarius Smith uh, coming in, which me and Ryan were super hyped about, you, you, um, we got to have one of the better pass rushers with the Neil Hunter and Zadarius Smith pairing up. Do you think they need to address any more uh, people or draft capital into that defensive line to make it effective as it wasn't as much as it has been in the past? Is that for me? Yeah, yeah, we'll just go back and forth between you guys, and we'll keep throwing questions. Uh, you know, I wouldn't make it a priority, given that the secondary really needs to be addressed, even still. And Chandon Sullivan was my guy. I was beating the drum for him before the Vikings signed him, so I was very happy about that. Uh, poaching a guy from Green Bay, really good slot corner, good instincts on the ball. But the other guys that the Vikings got – uh, Hairston, Nate Hairston, if I'm not mistaken, from Denver. He's mainly a slot guy as well. The Vikings need an outside corner. I think they're probably going to still talk to Patrick Peterson, but I don't think he's worth the money that he wants, and he's more name than production at this point in his career to be a starting corner. I, I think they're going to wait until the draft, and I don't think Soft Gardner is going to fall. Maybe they'll hope Derek Stingley falls, Kyle Hamilton at safety just to beef up the secondary as a whole or trade back for an Andrew Booth Jr. or Kair Elam from Florida. But in terms of the defensive line, they're pretty much set. They, they got, obviously, the two stud pass rushers. They have Janarius Robinson, Kenny Willekes, Armand Watts, and then uh, Tomlinson and Harrison Phillips as the beefy boys, you know, uh, on the, uh, lined up on the line of scrimmage. So the, the team has too many holes to focus on the defensive line and, you know, edge rushers. Yeah, so I, I, I learn more and more every day that uh, Joe and I are kind of riding on the same wavelength here. Um, <laughs> I'm totally <laughs> um, No, I'm totally with him. Um, so uh, the pass rushing, obviously, is good. You got uh, – I, honestly, I'm – struggling to think of a better pass rushing duo maybe in Oakland or uh, Las Vegas now um, they might have a better duo there but uh, Darius Smith and Daniel Hunter it's hard to think of a better um, pass rushing duo than that and again up the middle you got uh, the big beefy boys you got um, Dalvin Tomlinson and then Harrison Phillips to switch out with him and uh, Armand Watts has looked pretty solid in my opinion I've liked watching him but again, the cornerback, uh, you bring up Patrick Peterson, and uh, we had a short conversation on this show, I know, about uh, Patrick Peterson and maybe Joel Hayden. Just having that veteran presence in the cornerback room is, to me, a really important thing for uh cornerback as the, uh, in my opinion, and I feel in a lot of people's opinion, the hardest position to go from uh, college to the NFL to just because the game is so much faster and cornerback is a really difficult position to play. Um, it's like you need to have like a veteran presence like that in there. And so Joel Hayden and Patrick Peterson, in my opinion, are and, uh, also uh, James Bradbury is another solid option. You just need to have someone who's going to come in and not be charging a ton of money. Um, but I do know, 
I shouldn't say no, but I think that um, the Vikings really need to address that cornerback position in the first or second round at the very latest uh, and deal with that because that's their biggest liability right now. You know, and that's exactly where I want to go with this here is this team needs a stud cornerback. It's been a while since we've had one. I know, Joe, I saw something I believe you tweeted about. Is is Trent McDuffie really a number 12 overall draft pick? And I kind of go to this where if if Sauce Gardner and Derek Stingley are gone by 12, you know, Joe, obviously starting with you, do we still pull the trigger at 12, you think, and grab a corner? Or – do we maybe try to trade down and still get Duffy and add something or like an Andrew Booth? How do you play out this corner and being at 12 if we don't have one of the top two guns there? And this, I don't want this to be a cop-out answer. And I'm not going to lie and say I'm a draft expert. I'm mainly, you know, I don't really pay attention to college football. I read up as much as, you know, the next guy who's a football fan on the different prospects. But it's, it's not my forte. So I would be lying and say, oh, this guy's this and this guy's that. From what I've heard, which is pretty much what everyone who somewhat follows this knows, you have Gardner, who's probably separated himself, Stingley, who was a generational prospect but has gotten hurt and hasn't been the same. But those are the two guys. Then you have McDuffie and Booth and Elam and McCreary out of Auburn. So this is where you have to rely on your scouting department. And these guys know way more. They've seen these guys in person. They've talked to them. They've got a real, you know, bringing them in for workouts. So if Quasi and the front office and the scouts believe that whether it's McDuffie, Booth, or whoever can be a, at least a starting cornerback on day one and have a very good chance to be a legitimate number one corner down the line, then you take him even if it means reaching. But you don't take a corner if you think, He's the best one available, but I'm not crazy about it. Or, on the other hand, you know, all these guys are about the same, you know, then trade back and get assets. Um, I come from the Belichick school of thinking with this because uh, I grew up a Patriots fan. And, um, you know, Spielman did this, but that's kind of where I'm at. I'm not a draft expert. I have not seen these guys beyond clips and reading about them. So if the front office is high on one of them, you take them. If not, don't waste another draft pick just to fill a position of need because then you end up screwing yourself over anyway drafting a guy like you know Mike Hughes or Garrett Bradbury and they're not good and you wasted a pick Mm -hmm. yeah so I mean uh I'm assuming this is my team to jump in oh yeah right Okay. <laughs> um, no, so I'm totally opposed to uh, reaching for a guy just because he's there and you have the draft pick. People are going to be wanting to trade up to number 12. If some, someone like Sauce Gardner, um, uh, I'm blanking his name right now, uh, Stingley, are not there right yeah. at uh, 12, it's hard to justify not trading back if your target is a cornerback, um, just in my opinion right now. Uh, when you can build up more draft capital, um, it's obviously always going to be a great thing, especially for a first-round pick. You're usually going to be able to reel in something nice because there's those teams who want to jump people for one of those top players. Uh, So reaching for someone, and I hate seeing, especially right now after um, Kirk Cousins has this, and here I go diving into Kirk Cousins, but I'll be quick. Um, (laughs) Kirk Cousins! (laughs) <laughs> uh, no, but so so uh, 
having Kirk Cousins up for at least the next two years, and um, in my opinion, hopefully longer. Um, but people saying like, "Hey, let's let's go for this quarterback." It's hard to point out a quarterback right now who is worthy of the number twelve overall draft pick. Um, people say Malik Willis, but you watch Malik Willis and he'll uh, freaking overthrow his receiver by ten yards. He's, he's killing in the combine and in the in the drills and everything. But you put him in an actual game and yeah, he can run and everything. But have him throw the ball and you don't know what you're gonna get. Um, and so reaching for someone at uh, twelve, which is gonna end up being a valuable draft pick, that's around the. Uh, range where, you know, like where Sean Slater was drafted last year, um, who ended up being a really, really good offensive tackle. People are going to want to get that draft pick and reaching for someone when you can trade back and get get that guy, uh, which the Vikings did last year. They traded back and they ended up getting the guy that they wanted um, after Slater was gone and uh, be able to trade back and still get a solid guy and build up more draft capital just makes a lot more sense than reaching on someone uh, when you really don't have to. Me and Ryan talked a little bit before uh, you guys joined about what if one of these big tackles like Evan Neal, um, Icky drops in the draft to number 12. Do you just grab him and plug him in and move that O-line around somewhere to make it work? Uh, I would say no. Uh, the Vikings have uh, had proven struggles of uh, trying to move guys, and especially someone like Neal seems like a true tackle. Tyler O'Neill is a proven Pro Bowl tackle who he gave a big contract to. Christian Darisaw was a first-round pick. Uh, so as much as the problem as the interior line is, um, you know, I-, I would not go there for a tackle. And either way, there are a lot of talented tackles in this draft, whether it's Neal, Quanu, um, Cross, Penning. So there are a lot of solid tackles in this draft who will probably be there. But, you know, I was kind of thinking, you know, if you're talking like a stud falling, like let's say Kayvon Thibodeau falls. I know you guys brought up, you know, Ed position of need. But let's say for some reason Kayvon Thibodeau falls. You know, teams fall in love with the corners. They fall in love with the tackles. A couple quarterbacks go there, and you see Kayvon Thibodeau staring you there at 12. And, yeah, you just signed the Darius Smith and got Daniel Hunter coming back with, you know, a bunch of your other, you know, former draft picks. But, you know, Sauce and Stingley are gone, and you get this guy who seems, you know, arguably the best prospect in the draft. You know, do you go there? Oh, you know, oh, just to, like, yes, bounce back to that. <laughs> Yeah, so, um, I mean, if you got someone like Evan Neal sitting there at 12, uh, just going back to the last little segment we went off of, Evan Neal's still sitting there at 12. Someone is going to want to trade up and get him, you know? Because um, mm-hmm. he, he, he's at 12. He ain't going to last much longer than that. Kicking someone inside from the offensive tackle position is uh, uh, usually like a coin flip, you know? You don't know what you're going to get. And uh, like Joe said, you spent your first-round pick on Derisaw last year. He's going to be your left tackle for at least the next four years. You want to see what you get out of this guy. And then uh, Brian O'Neill, you know that he's good. Um, you're not going to – someone inside when he's – he's elite at a, the right tackle position. There's no reason to move that guy. Um, so you can uh, always trade out uh, – trade back – and someone will trade up for Evan Neal if he's sitting there at 12. There's no doubt about it. 
um, and now I'll, I'll, I'll go off the Kayvon Thibodeau thing too. Uh, when you go to the defensive line side, it's a lot. E- I feel like it's a lot easier to kick someone inside, especially with what they're changing up here, where you can um, really it's going to be a three-four, so you can have a linebacker coming off the edge, and then you're going to have an edge rusher on the other side, and then you can put you can kick an edge rusher on the inside there too, um, alongside one of our beefy boys. Uh, so if Kayvon Thibodeau's sitting there, I think you absolutely have to grab him. But um, yeah, if you, if Evan Neal's sitting there. Someone's going to want to trade up for them, and you can absolutely get some good value out of that. And there, I would assume there'd be multiple uh, people calling Kwesi and the Vikings to make that trade. And so I think that's something that they should definitely pounce on if that ends up happening. But I you know, I want to I I ask you guys this kind of kind of fade a little bit off the draft, especially um, since we've been, been really harping on it here. Uh, what – what, if anything, left do you still want to see this team do with the offseason? You know, we were able to restructure things. We, we freed up money. We still have the money. Is that just a good thing that we just have it in case, like, break in case of emergency? Or is there still stuff that this team has to do that they haven't done yet? You know, I'm a big cap guy. That's uh, probably some of my favorite part of, you know, football and, and management. And the cap space isn't there as much as you think because putting in Davis at $3 million, if you go into, like, over the cap, and then um, Pearson at, you know, a million or so, you restructure Thielen at the $11.95 million. Um, by the time you sign your draft pick, and then, you know, you project because you got to, you know, keep your money for the season – you have to pay your 52nd and 53rd man because right now it's just your top 51. Then you have to pay, you know, a couple million dollars for your practice squad guys. And teams like to have, you know, two, three million at least, you know, for in-season trades or if injuries happen. So the cap space, you might see, you know, nine, 10 million. It's really maybe like two million if you're talking for the season. And then next year, we're already about over the cap when you factor in all of the different uh, aspects of the rookie salaries from 2022, signing the rookies, mm. the same thing. So you don't have as much money as you think because that money gets eaten up very quickly. So, um, and it's always good to have some flexibility in terms of, like I said, having a couple million during the season, you know, God forbid, you know, a key player gets hurt. So um, yeah. that's, uh, you know, Fans might see a number, but, you know, that number is not the working number, you know, for this year or next. And that's important to keep in mind. So, unfortunately, I do think that the Vikings are pretty much done in terms of their moves, at least until the draft. Yeah, so it, 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 it's hard to see a path, and people say that the cap is a myth. Um, the cap is a myth to an extent. Um, a guy like J.C. Treader, everyone really, really would love I would love him. I and mean, Obviously, you would love to have that guy. He's one of the best interior offensive linemen in the league. But their situation right now, it's really hard to, like, you know, see a path where they can do that. And then you have to remember they still have to sign all of their uh, draft picks. And then uh, it's it, it, – they're in a situation where they need to hit on these draft picks if they want to um, be competitive next year. You know, they got to hit. I feel they might 
might be able to get away with not hitting on an interior offensive lineman. They have to hit on a cornerback. They have got to hit on a cornerback because uh, even with that uh, front seven that they're running out there, um, it's you you need to have the coverage guys. And right now you have I have one guy that um, I mean at, looking at the cornerbacks position, there's one guy that I'm semi confident in. Uh, watching walk out there and play football, and that's Cam Dantzler, obviously. Everyone else is like, and, and you know, uh, Shannon Sullivan is a really solid signing too. But then you still need a guy on the another guy on the outside. Um, and I know I'm totally straying away from your uh, question here, but um, <laughs> no, no, it's good, it's good. Uh, uh, but you got you got Shannon Sullivan on the uh, in the thought, but then you need another guy on the out on the other side. And uh, we saw it last year when you had Bashar Breeland out there with Patrick Peterson, and Patrick Peterson did all right, yeah. Um, but you have Bashar Breeland on the other side who was just god-awful. And then you're going to put Cam Dansquare in there who um, is probably not quite to that Patrick Peterson of last year level. And then you're going to put someone out there who is arguably worse than Bashar Breeland was. And you need to um, – be able to compensate for that and you're going to need, need to be able to hit on that uh, draft ticket uh, with a cornerback and so I think that's really the most important part yeah did you just say yeah <laughs> yeah well no it's like I, it's, it's it's so much easier I think to go in depth when you're when you're not just you know talking to people who just kind of going off you know verbatim with what we yeah. you know we talk about and Man, why do you got to make fun of the way I talk? <laughs> Nobody get all hot and irritated like I usually do? Do I need to start pace? Are you, are you mad that I'm, that I'm sitting here relaxed for a change and not freaking out? You want me to go off Dave, Dave Finzi like on Take fist? that for data. I like it. You know, it. Going there? <laughs> See? You know, Joe asked me, "Is this a, what kind of show is this?" I said, "Well, usually it's kind of calm, but then these guys start going nuts. The next thing you know, one goes to another, and we're just like, getting pissed off in here. Damn, I'm just killing. I don't understand the problem. <laughs> Luke, ask your question. I I like I like your yeah. So for the record, I like your yeah. It was a good Thank yeah. You. Dang, I'm all I'm all about it. <laughs> Listen, guys, I'm from Boston. I need I need some uh, some yelling. It's, you know, a lot of these Minnesotans are too nice. Oh my God, I got this guy who I see every other day. He's either got a Red Sox jacket, a Bruins hat, a Celtics hat, or like a a Red Sox shirt. He's the biggest douchebag I've ever met in my entire life. And I'm like, hey, why are you so angry? You got more championships than all other 49 states combined. And what do you do? We, like <laughs> we we like to have a chip on our shoulder. Like, I'm like, come on, man! Like all you do is I'm sitting like, over here like, like two championships. This win. I don't have like any. Yeah, I'm a Vikings and a Cardinals fan. My life ain't shit when it comes to football. <laughs> Are you nuts? That, yeah. <laughs> I was Vikings fan. You know. <laughs> I got I got the twins. They brought me a couple of championships, but I wasn't even alive, so 
<laughs> I was gonna say, we had eighty seven ninety one, I'll take it. And then now we just get owned by the Yankees every year. Every year. Uh, oh geez, this is gonna turn into a baseball podcast and I might start crying. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna make it to the NLCS for the first time since Curry Puckett, Frank Vile or Curry Puckett, Jack Morrison of ninety one boys. And uh I'll take it. And, Give me and a- then once that's done we're going to um we're going to lose when Josh Donaldson, who we traded, hits multiple bombs and goes, thanks guys, for I can, me, guys. I can talk baseball all day with you, so if you're going to go down next we're going to be uh, talking for a while. Baseball is actually my number one sport, so. <laughs> it's actually going right. down in here. All right, so oh, Joe and I are yeah. just going to go argue about baseball. <laughs> uh, uh, you want to see baseball data, I'll, I'll show you baseball data. <laughs> I, I can imagine. Luke's over here about to rant like I do, going, hey, we're, we're, we're talking about NFL. He's like, that's why we, we already went on hiatus at one point, so I was sick of talking about you and your damn hockey. Yeah. Sorry, I, guys. I like watching other sports, so I don't know enough about, to talk about them. <laughs> uh, Luke, Luke, throw one, throw one more out there before uh, we, we hold up Travis, who's going to be on in a moment again, and we always seem to do that to him. Uh, yeah, I, I pick 12, if you're making the pick, who's your guy? Who are you picking? Who's on the board? <laughs> That's you know everyone. I, everyone. Uh, who's who's your hopeful? Soft Gardner is like you know, like <laughs> for the college kids out there. You know, you're fine. You got your like reach school, your like range school, and then your safeties, safety school. So like Soft Gardner's the reach. You know, hoping he's there. Uh, Stingley is you know, you know, there's a chance. You know, it's not too crazy to conceive, but you know, don't get your hopes too much. And then you know, I guess. The, the, you know, normal, you know, take it is, you know, trade back. And I like, I like Kyer Elam a lot. I'm very big into long corners that can play press coverage. And um, he's like 6'2 and has really excelled in, you know, man press coverage. So trade back and draft Elam later in the first round, I guess is like, you know, the reasonable expectation. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, you guys probably could have just had Joe on here and get my same thoughts. Because um, <laughs> my main guy is Sauce Gardner. I really, really – and I, I, I'm i hard-pressed to say that he'll make it that far. Um, <clears throat> but Sauce Gardner would be my number one guy who could possibly be there. Um, and then Kyle Hamilton's the guy who's kind of dropping right now along with um, – not this guy, but Trent, Trent McDuffie is another guy who could be sitting right there. Uh, who, who did you say was uh, dropping in draft draft pools? Uh, uh, Kyle Hamilton. People oh, are boy, Kyle Hamilton. <laughs> so, so last week, everybody was like, Kyle Hamilton, top three pick. And he's like, hey, can you say that again for Ryan? <laughs> so I was like, well, yeah, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Just wanted to make sure you heard that. Not to interrupt you, I apologize, but I couldn't, I couldn't no, pass no, that up. No, no, no. He's got me wild yeah, no, up, guys. But, it's his fault. He's the one doing this. Now I'm cocktail Ryan over here. Like, you're getting me going here. But, again, I mean, if you can trade back and uh, still land a solid cornerback if those top two guys are gone. Or, um, again, like uh, a guy like Trent McDuffie is possibly a guy that uh, you take there, but it's hard to say. Um, right now, I think we'll have a better idea when we get a little closer. But, um, 
Yeah, I mean, trade back is an awful idea either if those top guys that you're looking at. I really, really think that they need to take a cornerback with their first pick, though. If they want to compete this year, which it seems like they really want to compete either this year or next year, you need to get a solid cornerback with uh, your first pick. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I kind of hope Sauce is the guy that falls. I wouldn't wouldn't be mad about Hamilton either. I wouldn't be mad about Stingley. If you don't have to go too far, if if you can trade back a little bit and still get a McDuffie, I'm cool. So I'm with you guys. Uh, Luke, I think you're in the same boat. You want want Sauce. Sauce Johnson, as you've called him before, too. Um, That's been the trend. Kyle Hamilton. I'm I'm excited. When When in doubt, just say Johnson. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> kind of excited. Um, go ahead and um, you know, Joe, Joe, go ahead first here, coming after him. Plug, plug away what you guys got, where people can read your work. Yeah, uh, I'm mainly on Twitter at the moment. I, I, you know, I got some podcast ideas, you know, in the works. Uh, but right now, I'm just at Real Joe Spinoza, one word, last name spelled S P I N O S A. And I tweet, you know, a bunch of, I think, interesting, you know, numbers, details. I'm working on a project now. But, you know, interesting facts and the occasional hot take and only support Kirk Cousins. So, yeah, yeah. I'm on Twitter. Yep, and I am at Jared Bars NFL on Twitter. It's J-A-R-E-D-B-A-R-S and then NFL. Uh, also have some podcast stuff possibly in the future. Um, so stay tuned for that. Um, and yeah, right now, not on a website. If you want me to write for your website, uh, let me know and, um, I might do that. And yeah, that's all I got. So we like to say, boys, that was awesome having our first four-way dance, uh, uh, fatal four-way, whatever you want to call it as we tie in WrestleCast to it as always. And, uh, I'm sure, sure we'll be in touch as always and we'll have some fun, boys. Thanks for coming on with us tonight. Thanks oh, for yeah. having me, guys. It was a blast. Awesome, Thanks, awesome. Having them two on here. As we get to the man of the hour, our final guest, Luke, I just have to say that last segment. Ma'am, in this brochure, it says this tour is crunk. What does that mean? That, that's how I just feel after what we just went through. That was, that was wild. Uh, it could only be done one other way. And that's why I'm bringing in the righty. We're bringing, I don't even know if he's a righty. We're bringing him in. Travis, are you a lefty or a righty? I'm a righty. Righty, we're bringing it to righty, goddammit. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, as always, somebody somebody who was was right in the wheelhouse to talk to about the draft after we had some great talk last year with Parsons and Sertan, and then all of a sudden out of nowhere the draft has left his team. But we're coming right back in the back door because we got to have this man out every time. Travis, pleasure What's to What's up, man? How you guys doing? Re- reintroduce yourself to all of our people. We got a bunch of new listeners since last time, and they need to know who one of the goats is. Yeah, I'm uh, Travis Wakeman. I'm a writer over at PredominantlyOrange.com, always talking about everything Broncos, and I've been on this show several times. And I might be mistaken about this, but it feels like I'm following these Viking guys just about every time. So, <laughs> yeah, it might just be you know, me. We said that too. We we had we had a gentleman <laughs> lined up, and then he had to bail out. So then, uh, he he was like, "Hey, I got a nice replacement if you need one, and you still want to talk." And I said, "Sure." We we spoke with him, and it all worked out. Then he's like, 
hey, I can come back on. What do you want to do? I said, I don't, you guys can figure it out. If you both want to talk, we'll do whatever. So we suddenly have four of us talking. And I, went, I, I we need to make sure that we get done because I swear, every time he comes on, there's Vikings guys that we go way long with every damn time. And it's just, yeah. It's never I'm failed. behind the Vikings roundtable. <laughs> well, I... I <laughs> I can comfortably say this right off the bat. When we lost the ability to discuss that that draft pick, you guys came out of left field and pulled in Russell Wilson. Travis, what do you think about this move? Well, um, it's obviously exciting because I know every time we, I've come on here, we've talked about who's going to be the quarterback. Um, so that's a conversation that we don't have to have this time. So, yeah, it's definitely luck. a good move. <laughs> It's, is, is he, with, with the state of the team, obviously Jerry, Judy, Cortland, Cortland Sutton, can he come in right off the bat with that experience and the way that that front office seems to just always know what they're doing and really make that day one impact and get you guys? Because in my opinion, if he could be Russell Wilson, this AFC West could be a division that challenges to have all four teams in the playoffs. It's ridiculous yeah, these- how good this division is. These AFC West games are going to be like miniature Pro Bowls, but um, yeah, I I think he's going to have to be that guy from day one, and we're going to finally be able to see if Jerry Judy was worth a first round pick because you know all all of the poor quarterback play excuses are the reasons everybody gives for him not being able to perform, so that excuse is going to be out the window. I know Wilson's already been working with all the receivers you know, at at some sort of a passing camp he's set up, and he's going to have that leadership that Denver hasn't had since Peyton Manning, and it's going to be great for the team to be able to get into the end zone and score some points because 10 points, 16 points doesn't beat Kansas City, and it's going to be nice to be an offensive team again. The Broncos don't pick until the end of the second round this year with the trade with uh, Seattle. What would you like to see them do at the end of that second round? Yeah, that's the only drawback is the draft became extremely boring now. Um, There's still some holes on the roster. I I would like to see a right tackle maybe in that spot. Um, Maybe a cornerback if there's a good guy that falls down there, middle linebacker. Just some sort of a depth piece they seem to have. The, the type of starting lineup that they want on both sides of the ball. I feel like they were fairly quiet in free agency. So they're just going to need to round out the roster by filling out a few holes that they do still have. Do you think that they try to take any of the capital that they maybe have and try to move up into later? A, I mean, they got 64 and, and 96 of the Rams still too on top of what they did have. Yeah, they, they they do still have, I believe, nine picks. So that is a thought that they could bundle a couple of those to move up a little bit higher. And I definitely wouldn't be opposed to that because having to wait all the way to the end of the second round, not just this year, but next year too, that's, that's the drawback to that Wilson deal. After the uh, trade, me and Ryan talked, do you feel like uh, the Broncos gave up a little bit too much for Russell Wilson, we feel like they could have probably gotten with a cheaper price tag than what was given. Within an hour of that deal going down, I wrote an article about 
the fact that they did give up too much. Of course, Broncos country came and just pounded me in those comments. <laughs> but I wish we could have got away without giving up Shelby Harris. If he wouldn't have been part of that deal, I'd be completely good with it. I think all in all, if you're going to get Russell Wilson, yeah, it's going to cost what it did cost. But, you know, if we could have somehow kept uh, Shelby Harris, that would have been okay with me. But it's it's okay. The more I look at it now, it, I don't think they gave up it too much. Is probably fair. I, I think you hit the nail on the head with the Shelby Harris thing because he was really turning into a player on that, that defense. That was a, a hell of a defensive squad. And, you know – People, I, I know some people were against the Noah Fant thing. You guys brought in Eric Tomlinson. And, yes, you gave up the first-round picks, but I think the Rams maybe kind of told the league that it doesn't matter about picks necessarily because we just showed you what happens when we traded all of ours. But I do think that, that Harris play is – is a big is a big hole. Is that something you know? A guy like Randy Gregory, obviously coming in on the uh, and on the defensive end, is that the move where something like that comes into play, or do they still kind of look second, third round for a replacement? Yeah, I mean, I feel like the defensive line is a little bit thin. Um, I don't know what they're going to do with Gregory. I've heard he could be an end. I've heard he could be a stand-up linebacker. That is one free agent signing that I absolutely loved. Um, again, I was on the opposite side of most Broncos fans with that one, but I do think he he can make an immediate impact as well. Um, I don't think they're going to find a true replacement for Harris as far as uh, free agency goes, and I don't know what you're going to get late in the second round of the draft. So they may have to just hope that one of these guys on the back end of the roster that they've had, like McTelvin Aguim or somebody like that can step into more of a prominent role to to uh, replace what they had with Harris. Russell dealt with a bad offensive line in Seattle. Is there any worry about the starting offensive line with bringing in Tom Compton at that right tackle? I know you said earlier about possibly drafting one in the second round, but should Broncos fans be worried for Russell's life like Seattle fans were? I don't know if they should be, you know, desperate worry, but I do think the right tackle spot could be improved. I do like the signing of Billy Turner. that picked him up last week. He's played here, he played in Denver before. Um, he's a guy that they could fill in at that spot. I don't think Compton is anything more than, you know, a guy who they're going to rely on to maybe start a couple games in an in a absolute desperation move. Um, I think Turner or uh, Calvin Anderson – wins the right tackle job. But I do think you could get a guy in the second round that you could develop and learn behind those guys. Do you think this team still has more to do in the off season? Obviously Gregory took up a lot of that space and I, I still laugh every time I see that, that header of what he uh, said to the Cowboys while he was signing that contract, seeing all those hidden clauses, uh, which is damn funny having somebody do that to Dallas. Uh, I, I think it's beautiful, but can, is there anything else maybe they kind of after the draft see if this is worth bringing out of this roster? Oh, there, I de- definitely think there's work to be done still. Um, you know, you could find what I would have loved to see them do, even though reportedly the asking price is way too high. I wanted to see Bobby Wagner come to mm. Denver as well. And that was something that seemed like a for sure thing if you read local reports, but 
what I've read now is that he's asking way too much money, and that's why he's still sitting out there. So that's a move I would have liked to see. Um, you know, I don't know what they're going to do with uh, the backup running back position, you know, unless uh, Mike Boone is going to step up into a bigger role. Um, Melvin Gordon's still sitting there. he come back. He could go somewhere else. They've, they've tried to get something worked out with him possibly. So I do think there's some spots on the team where, yeah, there's definitely some work to be done. If you talk to a lot of Broncos fans the second we got Russell Wilson, it's, you know, we're going to win the Super Bowl. But you have to be realistic as well. There's still a very talented AFC. Uh, with the emergence of Russell Wilson coming to the team, do you think Cortland Sutton gets back on track to what he was in years past? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there really should be no reason why he doesn't. If he doesn't, then, you know, there's there's definitely a, an issue with, on his end, in my opinion. I mean, yeah. Wilson is, is going to be that uh, – that guy that everybody said we've needed for six, seven seasons now. And, you know, the passing game has to open up. It feels to me like Cortland Sutton could easily fill that same kind of a role that, that a DK Metcalf kind of did. You know, you, you obviously you could use, you could use Judy the other way that, that he, I I don't know why the other Seattle receiver slipping my mind. Tyler Lockett. Uh, Thank you. You could easily use Judy as that Tyler Lockett, just have him go. But I just, I, you know, the, the the times that, and obviously it's, it's the same same reason that most of us fans watch other teams when you do it. I had Cortland Sutton his first two years on fantasy. So I'm watching this game and all to see what the hell he's going to do on my scoreboard. And he had a lot of those kind of inside turn and make make tougher catches that, that a, a DK Metcalf had. And he did it with less of an arm and less of an accuracy. And, and I think where Luke was going with that Cortland Sutton thing, I like that. I feel like Wilson really can do that. And this is a team, you know, obviously with the front office that they have. And I still to this day think somehow Peyton Manning is going to end up with this team. This is a, a, an organization to me that feels like you always need to have that quarterback. They're, they want the Elway, the Manning, you know, they want that – that guy to wear that helmet, that Bronco helmet. Wilson could be that guy, and and I just I don't know. The more the more we talk, the more I look over this roster. He, he's never had a running back. I mean, I shouldn't say never, but obviously, obviously, you know, Marshawn Lynch was what he was, but Javante Williams just feels different. He feels like something special to the point that they just said whatever to everybody else. Wilson getting a guy like that, he's going to have less focus on him. You know, I, man, I don't know. I, I'm talking myself into a shoot here, I, I think. And, you know, I, I really think this team has a shot. Like, they have a – top to bottom, you look at it. It's a really good team, man. Yeah, and, and the only worry is the fact that they play in the AFC West where there's three other really good-looking teams. But to your comment about Peyton Manning ending up with the team, if that ended up happening, there'd be a mini-celebration down here in Colorado. Because Well, it wouldn't be a mini-celebration. It'd be a huge one because people would absolutely love that. That's what most Broncos fans would love to see happen. You know, you know and, you, and you mentioned, obviously, the AFC. We keep talking AFC. And, and I even, I'm, I'm comfortable enough to even just put it towards – those four teams on the coast, you know, with with the way that the Raiders built that defense up, Chandler Jones, 
Chargers are only getting better, and they potentially might be able to land another stud tackle to keep uh, Herbie up even more. We know the Chiefs, yes, they got rid of Tyree Kill, but Patrick Mahomes is the epitome of a creative player in a, in a Madden video game with what he can do. And now you put Russell freaking Wilson in there. Do you do you think I'm crazy what I said what I said earlier that you could have all four of these teams in the playoffs? They could take all three of those wild card spots? Uh, it's it's definitely possible. I mean, obviously the schedule will play a factor in that. And whenever they release that, I'm hoping that Denver doesn't get those three teams right out of the box, you know, because they're going to obviously finish the season with those teams. So I think scheduling is going to be very key this year because those teams, those they're all going to need that time to develop that continuity and things like that. And so I think as far as the schedule shakes out, that will be very key to to how that division will play out this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a good. You know, that's one of those things where if everybody splits, which is crazy to think, you have all four teams two and two with it. Those other fifteen games, depending how well they dominate, I mean, you could see every team going, you know, ten and seven or better, and it, and nobody's yeah. gonna be shocked. Nobody's gonna be shocked whatsoever. And and to kind of piggyback off of the. The, the the Wilson thing with what Luke asked earlier about, you know, the amount that they gave up to get him, that is true. This is the quarterback. This is just what it is. I argue with more people who are pissed off about Kirk Cousins getting paid. It's just what's going to happen. Look at Watson. Look what Derek Carr is going to end up getting when he becomes a free agent. It's just the market. Is this something that yeah. Denver, when the time comes with Wilson, that they're willing to throw the bag at him and just kind of keep that trend going? Or – is this, let's see what happens with the rest of his contract and reevaluate? Uh, no, I think they're going to be willing to pay up and pay up big for him because because of the fact that it's taken so long to get somebody like that in here. I mean, the Broncos are one of the more prouder organizations in the league. They've, they've had John Elway. They've had Peyton Manning. They've always had mm-hmm. a guy that you believe you have a chance to win every game because that's your quarterback. And we haven't, the team has not had that for six seasons now. So I think, yeah, if, if they've got to pay a couple hundred million for, to Wilson, they're going to do it. Yeah. And, and with the way that that competition is, because you know Carr is going to get paid. Mahomes already got paid. And there's no way in hell that the Chargers, barring he gets decapitated somehow, isn't <laughs> paying Justin Herbert. I mean, let's be real. That's just, there's no way yeah. that's not happening. Um, and yeah. I hope it happens, man. I, I, you know, the way you put it, we're going to be watching the mini Pro Bowl. You know, God, what, you got, you got one, two, three, four, five, six, you know, 10, 12 total games or whatever it is between the four teams. I'm jacked. Like, that's awesome. Yeah, they're going to be great contests, and they're going to be extremely – any divisional game is always important, but this year for those four teams, it's going to be even more so. I, I did want a really quick kind of oddball que- a question here to ask you here before we start wrapping up here because we're just man, we are flying. I'm loving this. This is this is how you talk football. This is Smash Mouth Radio right here. This is no well. Um, this is how did I how did I how did I how did I? And I, I'm loving it. I'm sweating over here. I'm getting I'm getting a pulse going. Um, if they hadn't traded for Wilson and moved out, what did you want them to do with the pick? Oh, man, that's a scary thought to think about now, isn't it? Yeah, like, um, is, 
if you had to cut, and, and I don't mean to try to make you go, damn, we could have had Fant, Harris, and this, but now we got this. And I don't want to make it that way because obviously Wilson is such a, it, you know, that's, that's, that's an entity. With, especially with how bad it seems these people are, are thinking the quarterbacks are going to be in this draft. Like everybody was so ready to buy. Um, is there anything you kind of wish you could have had that you're not going to get now? Uh, well, I mean, I definitely didn't want a quarterback in the first round, so I'm glad we don't have to worry about that discussion. Um, there was a couple teams. I think the Eagles were one of the teams that had a couple of first-round picks, and so I liked the idea of seeing if they would give up both of those to come up to number nine, and then, the, you know, the Broncos end up with a couple of draft picks in the first round. Um, Penning is an offensive tackle out of Northern Iowa. Love that player. Uh, he would have been fun. Um, and, and then there's just probably, you know, one of the better edge rushers if they, if they could have seen about getting a guy like, you know, Jermaine Johnson or something like that, that would have been, that would have been, any of those players would have been great. Um, I'm glad we don't have to worry about that though, because I like what they did instead a lot better. Mm-hmm. I'm way with you. And Hey, you know, Travis, as we finish here, I got to say one, one last thing to you. We don't have to come back and, June or July or whatever we talk about that that off season of the draft and this and that and go, all right, you know we're moving into the next season of Drew Lock and you guys drafted Kenny Pickett at nine. What about this Broncos quarterback? <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. We, we get to praise it, damn it. <laughs> Absolutely. Travis, man, thank you last minute coming on tonight chatting with us. I couldn't have closed out yeah. tonight with a better guest. It's always been a pleasure over the. Six, seven years we've been doing this. Uh, Travis, plug everything one more time for all of our listeners, everything that uh, where they can read all your work. Yeah, man. Thank you guys for having me. It's always very uh, – I enjoy coming on just as much as you enjoy having me. Uh, again, predominantlyorange.com. Um, I have Twitter, but I don't really use it. So just, you know, come on to <laughs> – come and check out the website, predominantlyorange.com. You'll find out anything you want to know about the Denver Broncos over there. Hell yeah. Travis, thanks a bunch, man. And, and we'll be in touch here for sure as we uh, get to those team previews this summer, man. Thanks a lot for coming on again, dude. Absolutely, man. Thank you, guys. Uh, all right. What a hell of a guest. One of my favorites, Luke. We couldn't get you picking, so we got Travis coming out talking Broncos. Like you said, he is a machine. He, he's just going to give you that answer you need. That's what we like to hear. Luke, have you left? No, I'm here. Okay. Luke, that being said, we're, we're, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, as they say on the con call, I'm gonna give you a couple minutes back in your morning here. I'm gonna give you a couple, and then I just sit there and play on my phone. Try it. <laughs> Luke, you going on the Xbox? I might, yeah. All right, well, I might hop on too. We can play it next week. Everybody coming on. Thank y'all for listening. Thank you to all of our great guests, and we will be back next week with some more NFL coverage. We are out, Luke. How about the Gila, my dude?